Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today, we have Carl on from Squid, and we're learning about the business case, the use case for why it's prospects and customers who choose Squid and pick Squid over uh, other things or the status quo or, or whatever. So why don't we do introductions? Carl, would you both introduce yourself and introduce Squid? Yeah, for sure. Hi, William. Thanks for having me. So my name is Carl Wearsbicky, and I'm the VP of Marketing at Squid. And before Squid acquired InFlight, I guess, early February now, I led the marketing team there. So I guess for the better part of the last decade, uh, I've been helping enterprises deliver business impact by improving the user experience that their existing HR applications provide. So Squid is a low-code application platform. And basically the premise is we help operational leaders create business applications that people love to use. And we do that across three main solution areas, people operations, customer operations, and revenue operations. So regardless of what the use case is or the solution area, the applications that we deliver utilize a human-centered design approach to modernize that uh, organization's existing backend systems so they can deliver on employee and candidate expectations for a consumer-grade experience. So... For the audience, when we say low code, um, I, I want to make sure that they can kind of visualize that or think about that in a, yeah, in a way. Sure. So, so take us in. It, well, all of these things are important because they're probably all interlocked, and you can learn something in sales operations from people or customer operations, etc. And so, there's probably a lot of overlays to this that are really, really compelling. We'll focus on the people operations uh, part of it. Um, let's kind of take people into the, the world of low code. What does that look like? Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's really interesting because not a lot of people in HR are thinking about low code right now, but it's going to be a topic that comes up more. So when we say low code, what we're really talking about is the ability to build a new business application or transform the digital experience of an existing application without the need for any heavy lift integration work or custom code development. Because what's happening right now is there's this huge and growing gap between the number of developers who can code and the number of available jobs there are for for developers, right? And HR is gonna be faced with this shortage of, of the talent that they need to build coded applications and what the actual supply of developers is. So as you see uh, this gap widening between the resources that HR would typically need to to build a new application um, and what's there, um, the need for applications is exploding. I mean, we talk to analysts and they say in the next five years, there's gonna be as many new applications developed as there were in the previous three decades. So for, for HR, they're gonna need to find ways to still deliver the applications and the experience that their people are expecting, but do it in a way that's quicker, more agile, cheaper, and um, doesn't require those highly specialized developer resources. I love this. I love this on so many levels. So 
for the audience, are we are we thinking some of the connective tissue, like okay, your onboarding process to your learning uh, process? We can build a way to kind of the bridge, if you will, from one to the other, and yeah. or, and or is it really looking at a, a something that we don't have software in currently? Uh, like an onboarding process, remote hire, remote onboarding. Let's just say we don't have that. Uh, we don't have that process. We don't want to go buy an application. We want to. Mm-hmm. We want to build something ourselves. Uh, is it? Is it? Is is it? Is it both of those things, and even some more? Like what? What are the? What are the? What do yeah, you see so far? Yeah, it's 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 really all of those things. So what we know is um, the HR stack is is pretty diverse. It's pretty heterogeneous. There's like an ATS, an HCM, an onboarding, you know, a handful of other point solutions, etc. And what ends up happening is, um, you know, those systems don't always necessarily talk to one another, right. and those systems have handoffs from one to the next. And you're, you're, Carl, you're being very generous when you, when you, <laughs> when you say often, my mind um, automatically went to almost never. So <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> because you know, they're siloed. When, yeah, yeah. They're, they're siloed. So really, you know, with squid and, and um, uh, you know, the need to build applications, what you need to do is create meaningful connections between those systems. Number one, to, to mitigate the lack of cohesion in the experience from being handed off to one system from one system to another. I mean, that's really jarring and it, it puts candidates off. And if the systems aren't talking to each other, it's, you know, a half a dozen account creation steps and a half a dozen logins and, and all of the stuff to, to do the things that they need to, but it's also a matter of, of impacting the quality of, of those uh, applications and those uh, tasks and transactions that sit within the applications because the quality of the experience that you provide to your people affects the way they use the system. And the way they use the system determines what kind of business outcome you're going to get from the system. So if the experience sucks, um, frankly, people aren't going to want to use it. And when people don't use the system, you're not going to get all the job applications that you need. You're not going to have accurate and timely data in your in your systems to make decisions on or run the business with. Um, you're going to have higher than usual support costs. You're going to have costs associated with uh, help desk. Um, you know, you're going to have um, like shadow process that that employees are doing outside of the the system. Um, anything to avoid dealing with the gruesome experience. So what Squid is doing is giving organizations the ability to bring that up to consumer grade so that the people who are using the system, um, you know, for them, it's just as easy as when they're trying to find a movie to watch or hail a ride share or buy something online. I mean, they do all that every day and it's great and, and intuitive self-service, but somehow when they go to their um, big company that spent millions of dollars on systems for them to use, the experience falls really short. So we close the gap in that front-end experience and the power and, and the versatility of the back-ends that are already there. So the answer to this question will be, it depends, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask it anyhow. Um, who, who purchases Squid, who uses Squid, and who manages Squid? 
Yeah, it's 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 a great question. Every organization is is different. Um, right. We've got somebody um, who's buying in HR in one place. We've got somebody who's buying uh, in IT in another. But generally, the trend that we're seeing now is that it's the line of business uh, executive who's interested in Squid. They are the ones for whom the user experience, the employee experience, the candidate experience challenge is impairing their ability to get a business result. So they now have a problem that's impacting their line of business that they need to solve. So they're out there, they're the ones looking for solutions. And they do it in collaboration with the IT team. Obviously, when you're bringing in a new um, piece of technology like Squid, um, you want to make sure that there's buy-in across the board. And in a lot of cases, um, what ends up happening is you know, we have uh, an engagement that gives customers the opportunity, if they want, to have um, the, the solution delivered um, per their requirement by us. Uh, and in other cases, you know, the customers want to learn how to do it themselves and roll up their sleeves and, and get down and dirty with the tools. And, you know, we do the training and the education for that. Um, but ultimately, the ownership is um, usually with IT, um, but with the low-code platform, it's um, ownable by HR to do the updates and maintain it and, and, and make the easy changes without having to get IT involved. So you, you mentioned experience. I love that uh, because you're just, uh, especially as much emphasis that we put on employee experience, customer experience, uh, candidate experience, et cetera. Um, I'm also kind of thinking about reporting and insight that maybe they don't, they can't some of these things because systems, they, they're, they're not talking to one another. Are you, are you seeing some movement there where people are just like, I can't get reports. I can't get these two things that are yeah. in two different systems. I want to be able to pull out data out of both of them and be able to have some insight. Yeah, for sure. That's a, it's a great point. Great question. Um, what we see is with the organizations who are taking more of an operational mindset with their HR, they love data. They're asking the questions mm. like, how is this going to impact my conversion rate? How is this going to impact my speed of hiring? How is this going to impact my, my engagement scores or my NPS scores? And what, um, what are the, the beautiful things about Squid is we do have the ability to add behavioral analytics into any of the applications, workflows, uh, transactions, uh, portals that, that we touch and provide granular visibility into you know, what content is most popular, um, which, um, you know, what's the completion rate on these transactions, which steps do users spend the most time on, which steps do the users um, drop out on. So it's, it's really powerful because when you shine the light of data on the problem, you get to pinpoint where it exists and come up with uh, design solutions to mitigate it. So we have customers that have really leaned into this and they A-B test different process flows. They A-B test different designs. And, you know, they're continually iterating and improving. And I mean, these are, you know, um, what could be perceived of as small improvements, but they accrue and they accumulate. And at, at the end, if you're improving um, flow through at different steps by a little bit each way at the end, it, you know, it measures up to substantial impact. 
So the audience fully understands kind of the model. It's obviously technology. We got to get that. But the rollout of which, uh, is this something that they can kind of self-start and get it off and, and do it themselves and DIY? Or is this kind of uh, a part services, understanding the problem, understanding the systems, kind of, you know, and then, and then building it or working with them to build it and then they maintain it going forward and a SaaS model kind of going forward? Like, yeah, Give us some insight into yeah, for sure. how customers that works. can have it. Yeah, customers can have it both ways. Um, what we tend to find is um, for the 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 first um, engagement, customers prefer more of a white glove service. They want yeah. um, our our professional services team to come in and consult with them and guide them through the process of um, you know design workshops and uh, you know assessing systems and. Um, you know, standing up the the initial solution, um, and they learn. There's there's an education component to this where they can become empowered to do their next application. But you know, a lot of organizations um, use our professional services and customer success to get stood up that first time. Some customers continue on that path because they find it works for them. It's low risk, um, and it you know it, it puts some guardrails on it. Um, but other customers, obviously, they want to own it. And that's the beauty of the platform is they can, you know, they've got the training, the support and all the tooling they need to understand how to use the system within their stack. I love this uh, for so many different reasons. And you mentioned the talent gap uh, and being able to, for you're, you're enabling people to fix problems that, that, that have historically exist and will continue to exist. Um, and they can do it again. They can do it themselves. It's you know, there's there's training wheels, especially maybe on the first engagement. If they want to take it over, they can. If they don't, that's great too. Like whatever whatever works for them. Um, so that the audience has some kind of examples in their mind without brand names, of course, mm-hmm. uh, or company names. Um, what are some people operations examples of of Squid? Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a story. Um, about one of our customers and they are like a healthcare system and it's hard to hire nurses. It was hard to hire nurses before. It's really hard to hire nurses now, um, you know, through the pandemic and after the pandemic and this customer, they came to us with a problem. We need to hire more nurses and we need to do it faster. And they didn't have any really preconceived notion of how, how they were going to tackle that. And what we did was work with their talent acquisition team and come up with a solution that was going to work with them. So what we ended up doing is coming up with a way for them to get their job ads uh, in front of the right candidates ahead of their hiring competitors. We worked with them to streamline their application process for their most challenging roles and were able to reduce the time it took to fill out a, a job application from 25 minutes to two and a half minutes. We know that mer- nurses um, are like a mobile segment. Um, you know, they want to apply for a job on their break while they're having a bad day on their phone. So, you know, we identified that mobile was huge and mobile optimized their, their apply flow and got them like 700% more applications from mobile devices. You know, they had a a challenge with um, candidates kind of losing interest halfway through the, the process and, and ghosting either the interview or the onboarding. 
So we worked with them to implement, uh, you know, a candidate self-service, uh, uh, self-scheduling time with recruiters, right? So that they never have this feeling that their application went off into a black hole. They've, they've got a conversation set up immediately. And, you know, we've also um, worked with them to do their e-offers and their onboarding. So the whole thing from the, the time the organization gets onto the candidate's radar to the time they're in the organization is is seamless it's high touch it's high engagement it's it's a great experience and at the end of it um you know they're able to deliver real results to the organization so um you know it took took us a few weeks to get them up and running and then um a few months later they were hiring cardiovascular operating room nurses four times faster than they ever had before uh, and like so that's that's an that's an example of of people operations, taking the systems that you have and optimizing them for a business outcome. Oh, I love it. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's, it's mind blowing. It it's, is. It's well, mind blowing that you can, you can take what you have, add a little something else to it and just unlock all of this value that had been lurking there yeah. underutilized. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and, and there, and it's just all the way across the entire HR tech TA tech and HR tech landscape is mm-hmm. systems that have um, more features or they're not trained on the features or there's data trapped somewhere. So three questions left. One is about data. You know, what's, what's, what, you know, how do you, you know, cause I know, you know, I know folks in, in recruiting and in HR are nervous about their data uh, not being great, not being the, you know, perfect or whatever. So, so what's your, what's your kind of take and what's squids take on, on just how they deal with data and how y'all kind of approach data? Yeah. I mean, great, great question. I mean, you know, anecdotally, I mean, the InfoSec meeting used to be one of the last meetings that we would take working with a customer. The InfoSec meeting is now like the first or the second meeting right. when we first start working with a customer. So obviously this is a topic that's that's near and dear um, to us as an organization and and to um, should be to anybody out there um, who's considering adding technology. So our point of view at Squid is that the, the system of record should continue to be the system of record. It's been vetted. It's you know um, built to be secure. It's built to be uh, have all of the business logic and access controls built into it. I mean, it it doesn't make any sense to take the data outside of that, copy it, manipulate it, have it in a parallel system, and and put it back. So what Squid does is it interacts with your systems of record in real time. We're not creating any standalone or separate system. We're, we're literally just that experience layer that floats on top of your system of record and reads and writes data into your system of record in real time, right? And I think, I think buyers today need to be mindful of the solutions that they consider because a lot of them um, set up these, um, like create data outside. And it's just a nightmare from uh, a compliance and a, a risk and a liability perspective, especially when you're handling, uh, you know, personally identifiable information. Um, you know, you want to just keep the controls that you've already built. I love that. Second question around data. Mm-hmm. And it's more about the systems not playing well in the sandbox with each other. 
Mm-hmm. How do you get them to, you know, how do you get them to play well? You know, you're, you're pulling data out of one system and out of another. Um, how do you get, how do you get them to play well with one another? Uh, it's a great question. So, I mean, the, the, it comes down to discipline in, in design. Obviously you, the goal here is not to make any system, um, to, to countermand any of the controls that are built into those systems. So the, the access to the data is always governed by the data models that are built into the underlying system and the squid platform. And, you know, data is data. I mean, it's, it, there are rules that we have in place that ensure that the formatting uh, of data in one place matches the data that, you know, where you want to put it in the next place and so on. And, uh, you know, if we had one of our solution engineers on the call, uh, he'd be able to get into the nitty gritty of it, but it's not typically a problem. I'll, I'll say this. It's not typically a problem that our customers struggle with um, to, to um, interact with data from multiple systems and um, kind of write data from one to another. It's, 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 a, it's a known function um, and it's never been a challenge. I love it. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> last question is um, your favorite part of the, when you and you know the sales team, when you yeah. get to show Squid for the first time to somebody that's never seen it, um, <laughs> what's, what's your favorite part to show? Uh, you know, for me, it's, it's the reveal. Um, like that, that first, okay, well now we're going to show you, um, you know, what, what the demo environment looks like, like, that's my favorite part of a demo because when we demo, we apply the branding, the, the customer branding to our demo environment. You know, we have so much power and flexibility in the design systems that we use that it's, it's really, um, easy for us to update it and make it have their look and feel. And I love it because it closes the imagination gap immediately. The people on the phone can instantly see what the final outcome looks like. They can see what their applications and systems would look like with Squid, with the content and the transactions fully transformed and pulled into you know, an employee portal or wherever the employees are spending their time at that organization. And the, the, the level of change um, is so great that, you know, we have to explicitly call out to them that, hey, this is, you know, this isn't new. This is all of your existing applications power this experience behind the scenes. And we're just providing that better experience on top. And it's really compelling um, because it lets them see immediately that they could get the, bu- the best of both worlds. The experience that their people are expecting and demanding and still respecting all of the the integrity of their existing stack, right? So um, we really find like that's that's kind of knocks their socks off when they see that. I love it. Yeah. Uh, listen, Carl, this has been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for carving out time for for our audience. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me, William. This is great. Absolutely, and thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.